We're doing our annual free week on the Sharp Football Analysis website. All of Warren Sharp's betting picks and website content that normally requires a subscription is 100% free all week. Just Google Sharp Football, click the website Sharp Football Analysis, and click the blue banner up top to get access. Welcome to the Sharp Waiver and Injury Show. I'm your host, Todd Burrows, at Best Ball NFL on Twitter. And I'm joined this week, as I am always joined, by both our injury expert, Tucker Bagley, at T Bagley Sports, and our waiver expert, Curtis Hirsch, at Curtis Harsh, H-A-R-S-C-H, on Twitter. Make sure you're subscribed to Sharp Angles Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere where you listen to podcasts for all four of our weekly shows, including this show, The Sharp Betting Show with Ryan McChrystal, Sharp Angles with Dan Pizzuta and Rich Rebar, and Sharp Angles Fantasy with Rich Rebar and a guest expert every week. And don't forget to subscribe to Warren Sharp on YouTube for fantasy football insight, matchup previews, in-depth stats and analysis and more, and feel free to leave a comment in the comment section, and we would really appreciate it if you would hit that like button. All right, let's get into our biggest takeaways of the week. Curtis, you're up first. Yeah, I'm going to start with the rookie running back usage this week and the couple past weeks. So Travis Etienne, although he's not a rookie, he's playing in his first year after injury. Ken Walker and Isaiah Pacheco all have league winning upside. I'm not going to put White in that category yet as I don't think he's going to take over the backfield in Tampa similarly to the way the other guys have. No, Pacheco concedes some passing down work to McKinnon, but he's also on the best offense in the league. So I'm going to give him a break there too. So I'm surprised as both Pete Carroll and Doug Peterson have never really leaned on backs the way they have this year. So I'm someone who has a couple of good teams near the top 15 of a couple different main events, and I have zero exposure to these guys. So I'm going to need some injury luck down the stretch to compete with teams because those guys are going to put up more points than they did this week because they have such good usage. Yeah, I I think that's always something to keep in mind to mix in those rookies, make sure we have a good amount of them. Tucker, what is your big takeaway of the week? I mean, my big takeaway is how much I love international games. I I love waking up at 9.30 and not even having to roll out of bed. I I can just watch whatever's on. I was able to watch Tampa Bay and Seattle early. It was an unbelievable game. It was a great comeback. And the crowds there, they're they're so different. It's not like the Super Bowl where there is sort of a a non-partial crowd, but it's amazing watching these people who are experiencing American football for the first time on that grand of a scale. And they're into every play. They're rooting for both teams. They're just there for the excitement of it all. And I, I think it's a lot of fun. And I know it's something the NFL is expanding, but it's something that, quite frankly, I can't really get enough of right now. Yeah, as a DFS guy, um, it's kind of frustrating to be trying to do lineups and you don't want to miss the football game. But I certainly get it when they were singing. Uh, what song is it that they were singing? They're singing uh, Country Road by John Denver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got the biggest kick out of that, as did pretty much everyone. 
So I, I get it. And I think that um, especially for the casual fan or the guy who's in just a couple leagues, being able to wake up Sunday morning and watch football, you know, I mean, come on, uh, nothing, nothing better than that. Um, for me, my big takeaway right now is that Justin Fields is a cheat code. Um, and if you somehow, like in best ball, if you, if he's, if you had another quarterback who kept you active, you're really ahead of the game. And if you have him in season long, I mean, this is a guy that you drafted as the 12th to 15th quarterback, and he's putting up QB1 numbers every week now. And if it continues, um, Justin Fields' owners are going to be very, very happy. Right now, sitting in first place in the BBM3 regular season is a Lamar Jackson-Justin Fields stack. And the ceiling out of the quarterback position there is crazy. I'm in 75th place, and I thought I might have had a chance to move up this week. I only moved up three spots. Uh, but, boy, uh, you know, Justin Fields, if he keeps it up, Curtis, is going to be the man. Yeah, it certainly helps that they traded away two key cogs on defense as well, which just makes them have to put the pedal to the metal a little more on offense than – because they're giving up points just as fast as they can score them. All right. Let's uh, talk about the bye weeks. Uh, again, uh, four teams that are going to really make things difficult uh, could change things in best ball. The Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, ETN and the Jags, the Miami Dolphins with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle both in the top three in yards this year and the Seattle Seahawks and rookie phenom Kenneth Walker. Your thoughts on this week's buys, Curtis? Yeah, interesting week because those uh, Dolphins pass catchers have just been crushing. And you, like you said, we got the two running backs that I had mentioned earlier that are going to miss. And like they're, they basically scored the least amount of points they could have last week. So it's going to be interesting week in terms of wide receivers. There's some injuries that we're going to talk about. So it's, it's going to be one of those struggle to find 10 guys weeks. Yep. This week was a lighter week for injuries as far as volume goes, but a lot of big names went down Tucker. Uh, let's start at the quarterback position where we really didn't have any new injuries unless I missed it. Uh, but we've got Josh Allen's elbow to talk about. Um, PJ Walker looks like he's going to miss and we're going to get to see uh, Baker Mayfield attempt to be a quarterback again. And in New Orleans, the situation, whether we're going to see Jameis Winston or Andy, the red rifle Dalton again. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest story at quarterback, and I think we'll, really be the biggest story for the rest of the year will be Josh Allen's elbow. And he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday last week was limited on Friday or, and then he was active and played and he looked like Josh Allen. Did he make some mistakes? Sure. He, he kind of landed on his elbow trying to make a tackle after his first interception. But for the most part, if you didn't know that he was dealing with a serious elbow injury, you wouldn't have noticed on the field. And he threw the ball, I think, you know, 17 or 18 times. 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. He, he wasn't afraid to sling it. So I think this just might be his new normal for the rest of the year. I don't think we'll see him practicing much, if at all, during the week. Maybe you get a limited participation on Friday. But 
I think he's going to be active every Sunday. He just won't be active during practice. So that's still a situation where if you have Josh Allen, make sure you have an upper tier backup for the time being in case something does go wrong. But I think it's going to take a lot to keep him off the field. And then he mentioned PJ Walker. If you're starting him in fantasy, something must have gone terribly wrong for you. But he's got a high ankle sprain. It's going to be replaced by, by Baker Mayfield, who did play well against Cincinnati, albeit he came in and they were down 30 points already. He just tossed two touchdowns and completed something like 70% of his passes. So maybe he can turn a corner and, and you know put up some decent numbers down the stretch here. But the the big other thing to talk about is Dennis Allen basically openly pondering during his press conference that he might just bench Andy Dalton for James Winston. He isn't sure yet. I, I don't know really what to get from that, but it wouldn't surprise me because that, that's a team going nowhere fast. Curtis, it is really ugly. Again, uh, quarterback historically is the easiest position to find on waivers. Uh, not this year. And it it's pretty ugly. Is there anyone that you're looking at or anyone who might have been put on the waiver wire last week because we had a, a, some buys? Yeah, wait, let's get this straight. So Baker Mayfield was hitting people in the head after the game without a helmet on, and he's the one starting. PJ Walker got injured. Yeah, hard, he's the healthy one. <laughs> figure hard to figure out how that happened. And as as for waivers, uh, we'll go through the quarterback position quicker because I think the other positions are worth a little more discussion. I I like Winston. At some point, they have to move to him. Dalton is being terrible, and the Saints don't need to give the Eagles a top five pick. And if Marriott is available, I it's a good start or a good opponent for him this week against the Bears, who just, like I mentioned earlier, are giving up points, even though they like to run the ball. At least Marriott is involved in that running. So those are the two kind of guys you can keep an eye on this week. Yep, yep. I, I, uh, I, I, I called uh, Baker Mayfield when he was coming out Johnny Manziel without a drug habit. <laughs> and you know i i just you know when manzel came out i didn't feel he had the personality uh you know the teams look for that you need uh, from a starting quarterback you know baker has some endearing qualities but he he just seems to be losing he seems to be regressing rather than uh growing would you agree with that curtis I totally agree. I've never really been high on him, basically because he's not mobile for the fantasy aspect. But I, I don't like him personality-wise, personally. So I've never really been shy to throw shade at Baker. At the running back position, the one big injury would seem to be to Leonard Fournette. And then we have a couple other things we need to talk about, including Eno Benjamin being waived. And the change in Kansas City at running back. Tucker, what do you have for us? Yeah, so Leonard Fournette has a hit pointer injury. And Todd Bowles has already told reporters that he doesn't think Leonard Fournette will be ready for week 12. Um, They have a bye week this week and then come back and and play in week 12. And he's already speculating that he won't be ready for that. So that seems like a long-term injury and he might not be ready until week 13 or or 14 at the earliest for fantasy playoffs so that that does become a situation where Rashad White becomes a a starter and becomes a a full-time player in that offense mentioned Eno Benjamin got waived he only played I think one or two snaps on Sunday didn't get a touch um in in the Cardinals last game he pretty much became a non-factor and the other thing that I would think about and I would consider is 
Jonathan Taylor has been hurt pretty much the whole season. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. He's missed some time. He played 94% of the cold snaps on Sunday. That's the most he's played all year. He had his most carries, his most rushing yards all season. Considering they're going against an Eagles run defense this week, that pretty much looks like a a sieve. They, They struggled against Damian Pierce two weeks ago. I think Jonathan Taylor is is primed, and he certainly looks healthy enough to to really put together another huge week coming down the stretch here. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you know, I one guy that obviously everyone's going to be looking to pick up Curtis is Keontae. Um, how much are you willing to spend on him? Uh, what else do you have for us at the running back position? Yeah, I really haven't figured out where I'm going to go with Keontae. Probably team-dependent teams where I don't have any real star-quality handcuffs. I'll be a little more aggressive. He is a bigger back, and James Conner is constantly hurt. So there is some value there because the other two running backs on the roster are both on the IR. So he is the clear handcuff and could walk into three-down roll if Conner goes down. So going to be aggressive up to 10% I think uh that being said I'm not ready to drop Eno either I think he finds his way onto another team as a backup here within a couple of days that's a situation I'm not going to overreact to he was the Cardinals best running back in most metrics this year and then I just wanted to mention something that's kind of flown under the radar is Derrick Henry, he's not practicing. He's sort of ending up on the injury report, sort of not, but he isn't playing nearly the number of snaps he's played earlier in the season. So if you're in a uh, shallower league where Dontrell Hilliard is available, I would quietly pick him up too. Yeah, I like that call. Uh, We did hear that Derrick Henry got banged up a little bit a couple weeks ago and and they're, you know, they're showing signs that, that, you know, he hasn't played as well. And I, I think you're right. That's a good call out. Um, all right. So now let's move over to the two positions where we had some real crucial injuries. Oh, uh, before we do that, I do want to ask about Isaiah Pacheco. I know in uh, high money leagues, he wasn't out there on the waiver wire. But in home leagues, Curtis, um, you know, he got 16 carries, M-E-H, I mean, C-E-H, um, you know, really is a bench warmer. And uh, what are your thoughts on how much to bid on Pacheco if you if he's available? Yeah, all of it. Uh, he's The schedule coming up for the Chiefs is pretty friendly, and I don't think we're going to see many games where they trail. And that's when McKinnon had a bigger role was when they trailed against the team a couple weeks ago. So he's going to get those goal line touches. He's going to smash moving forward. If you If he's available, go get him. Yeah, my only problem is, you know, I, I had a decent amount in best ball, but as I look, most of those teams are already dead. And, you know, that's not necessarily his fault because uh, he is a later pick. So, but it's just the way it worked with me. All right. So back to wide receiver, uh, Cooper Cup looks like he's out for the season. Jerry Judy got hurt. Um, do you have an, uh, yeah, those are the two big injuries I saw. Is there anyone else? And what are your thoughts on those injuries? Yeah, I think Jerry Judy, if he isn't active this week, he'll be active soon. He only played one snap before bowing out with an ankle injury, but 
They've already said Nathaniel Hackett told reporters yesterday that they think it's a minor injury. They think they were the terminology he used was they were hoping to dodge a bullet, and they did. So that that's certainly good news for Jerry Judy, who has really carved out a, a nice role for himself in in that Denver offense. But you mentioned it, Cooper Cup. I, I, if he isn't out for the year, it's certainly going to be close. And, and the way the Rams season is trending, by the time he's healthy again, they might not be playing meaningful football, and they might just tell him to shut it down for the rest of the season, which is unfortunate. He, he's second in the NFL and catches right now. He ranks top five in, in receiving yards. He's someone that pretty much that entire passing offense is based around. You look at the next top three wide receivers on that roster combined, their receiving yards don't even come close to what Cooper cup has done. He's going to be a huge loss for, for that Rams team, but that does open up a void where someone like Allen Robinson or even Van Jefferson can maybe step up and, and get a few more targets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And Curtis, one of the interesting things with Cup is I got to think, you know, he was really dominant for most of the year. I got to think a lot of the teams advancing in best ball and in season long near the top have Cooper Cup. Would you disagree? Yeah, he's the first round this year has been difficult so he has put up consistent performances every week and like you said he's going to be missed on those teams so it's going to be an interesting week 15 when all those teams converge yeah i i i think there is definitely no issue with that who are you looking to pick up at wide receiver this week yeah like uh christian watson is probably the biggest discussion he's not available in a ton of leagues uh, more shallower leagues he would be available he put up three touchdowns which is going to garner a lot of attention he's being a little inconsistent early on in his careers but he has earned targets on 25 percent of his routes run they have tennessee and chicago in two of the next three weeks the physical traits are there for this kid i don't know if he's putting it all together yet so there are going to be some bumpy weeks uh along the way for him the packers offense succeeds most when Aaron Jones has the ball. So there are some reasons for concern there, but you're not going to add a player like this at any other point in the season. So if he's out there, you got to go get him as well. Yeah. I mean, there was talk on Twitter that, you know, if you have 800 left, spend 795 on Christian Watson. Uh, your thoughts on that kind of extreme? Yeah. I, I don't have that much fab left, but hey, <laughs> I you're not – you can't take this to next season. So you got to do what you got to do to get them. So take a look at what your league mates have and just go get them. Be aggressive. Yeah, I agree. We can't at, the, at this point count on the, the fact that um, there's going to be in three weeks be- before waivers stop um, any opportunity to, uh, you know, spend that money on some better opportunity I do think it's now or never in looking at my leagues, like four out of 12, uh, he's available and that's high stakes stuff. So, um, you know, I think in your casual leagues, he's definitely out there and, you know, nothing worse than uh, letting the best guy that comes along in waivers go so that you have money to spend on the guy that never comes. Yeah, we've um, been waiting and waiting on that guy to come, and it hasn't came yet this year. So just it's not likely going to happen. All the premium handcuffs are owned. Just go get Watson. 
I thought I had uh, avoided the Dallas Goddard injury. So the news that he is going to miss a few weeks at the least might end up on IR is crushing. He's my most owned guy. A lot of advancing teams, a lot of uh, season-long teams on FFPC where um, the playoffs are, you know, with playoff teams. It's been a rough couple weeks, Tucker, with injuries uh, for me and I guess for a lot of people. Um, it's funny that both Philly tight ends from last year got hurt. Uh, Zach Ertz is out for the season. And also give us the latest on Mark Andrews. Yeah, Mark Andrews is still dealing with a, a shoulder injury and an ankle injury. They obviously had a bye this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he came back this week. John Harbaugh seemed cautiously optimistic yesterday that Andrews would return, which is certainly a, a good situation considering you mentioned two of the top five tight ends as far as production is concerned this year are, are going to be done for a little while. Zach Ertz has a season-ending knee injury, so he's done. And, and Dallas Goddard, who got that, that shoulder injury on the – face mask, not face mask, tackle, fumble, whatever you want to call it. I don't think he's done for the year. They said he's going to miss some time. He's going to miss multiple weeks. They still haven't put him on the IR yet, which I think will give us a better indication uh, of just how long they think he's going to be out. But right now, if you're someone like me or like you, Todd, who has Dallas Goddard, and I haven't even been carrying a backup tight end for much of the season because I haven't needed to, in a land where there pretty much are seven or eight productive tight ends in football, I'm pretty much hung out to dry right now. Curtis, is there any tight? There's three tight ends on Philly, including a sixth round pick from this year, who I think got a little bit of a buzz in camp, but I'm not sure which guy in camp got the buzz. Um, could you enlighten us on that? And I, there's no replacing Goddard. Um, you know, obviously Trey McBride, is a guy that a lot of people are going to look to. He was an early round profile, um, a guy who was drafted in a lot of leagues this year. Your thoughts at the tight end position? Yeah, as a Cowboy fan, you're allowed to face mask uh, Eagles tight end and not get a penalty, but you're not allowed to knock him out for multiple weeks. Uh, I as well have way too much Dallas Goddard exposure and that that one stings so even though I enjoyed the fact that there was no penalty call and saw Twitter outraged it, that that comes back to haunt me I thought I hope he comes back for at least weeks 15 to 17 but we'll see where we get with that I'll uh, probably pass to Tucker on knowing which tight end is the Philly tight end to own if any I think AJ Brown and Devonta Smith just get extra targets moving forward and then Trey McBride I've always been a little hesitant on Zach Ertz this year knowing full well that once Hopkins was returning to the lineup he his role would diminish as in the games with Hopkins he's averaged around 14 percent target share and without Hopkins he's been up in around 20 24 percent uh Trey McBride isn't Zach Ertz uh, He's earned a target on 4% of his routes this year. I don't have a huge, I don't think he's going to smash moving forward. We're going to have Marquise Brown coming back. Rondale is involved in the offense. I think the offense is going to flow through those, through those three receivers and Trey McBride is going to be overhyped this week. Tucker, we've got three tight ends in Philly. Is there one that's your favorite? And also, Kyler Murray, we forgot to talk about him. He uh, had a late-week injury. 
with a hamstring and missed. Um, what's the latest on Kyler as well? Because I think that's important. Yeah, starting with the the tight ends in Philadelphia, that Jack Stoll has been their number two tight end, but he's pretty much been been strictly a blocker. I think he has eight catches so far this season, despite playing you know thirty percent of the snaps. He just hasn't been a factor in the passing game. They have a, another rookie tight end. His name's Grant Calcaterra. He had a forty yard catch earlier in the season. That's his only catch. That's the only time he's been targeted in the passing game. He could be relied on a little bit more because I think they view him as more of a receiver. The other guy to keep an eye on is Tyree Jackson, who they really like. He was supposed to be a, a huge factor last year, but then he got hurt at the end of training camp. He came in in the last game of the season. He, he was a huge part of their offense in the first half against the Cowboys. And then he tore his ACL and hasn't played since. He's been on the, the pup list. But he has been activated um, from the, the pup list as far as his practice window is concerned. And I think he has to be added to the uh, active roster sometime this week so if you're looking for an eagles tight end and you want to take a long shot uh tyree jackson i, I think is the way to go because they, they certainly like him and they've now kept him around for two full seasons where he's pretty much just been rehabbing injuries as for kyler murray he has a hamstring injury and pretty much all cliff kingsbury said uh yesterday was that they're gonna wait until wednesday practice and and see how he feels the cardinals do play on monday night this week so that gives them a little bit of extra time but before they um, have to make a decision, because I think they go to Mexico City to play the 49ers, and Kingsbury also mentioned that he doesn't want an injured quarterback playing the 49ers defensive front. So I would still tread carefully with, with Kyler Murray, and him being on Monday Night Football certainly stinks if you have to you know wait it out. But I think the extra day will, will certainly help him quite a bit. Yeah, I picked up Colt McCoy in one or two leagues where I had Kyler. Um that that gives you that option for the Monday night game. Um, let's uh, let's talk about kickers and defense. Who are you streaming, Curtis? Yeah, one thing I want to mention this week: keep an eye on the weather. I know Buffalo's got a pretty insane forecast, so you might want to walk, pick up a second kicker if you're you've got Tyler Bass. I I would go to lean the indoor games. Chicago's kickers lower owned. Minnesota's kicker. Some, something that way. And then defenses, I like the Saints this week. You're going to go up against a Rams team that just continues to have injury upon injury. And the Saints pressure rates have increased in the last three weeks to that of the previous season. So I, I think the Saints this week. All right. Um, we have some breaking news. It looks like Eno Benjamin did not end up in a great spot. He was picked up, it looks like, by the Houston Texans. Quick reaction, Curtis. Woof. I was hoping for a spot on a team with a quarterback that's in, or a running back that's in some legal trouble and may skip out for the last few games of the year once they're eliminated from playoff contention. So that's not ideal. No, not ideal at all. Uh, Tucker, anyone we should be looking uh, to pick up that's coming off of injuries? Uh, I know Marquise Brown is pretty close. Obviously, he shouldn't be on waivers. But is there anyone on your radar? And talk to us about Hollywood. Yeah, there there isn't anyone that, that's necessarily on my radar as far as uh, coming back and waivers are concerned. But Marquise Brown is certainly an interesting case. Cliff Kingsbury told reporters that he's close to becoming day-to-day. 
I don't know if you can get much more vague than that, but that would make me think he's still considered week to week and will be out this week. And they have a bye week 13. So if he's out this week and it's close in week 12, they might just have him sit out week 13 as well and just bring him back after the bye week, give him one extra week of rest. So if that's the case, one, we don't really know what his role is in this offense with DeAndre Hopkins because they haven't necessarily played together at all this season. Obviously, Zach Ertz being out opens up uh, more targets for those guys. But I think the big winner in all this would be Kyler Murray if he's healthy by week 14, which he certainly should be. And Marquise Brown and DeAndre Hopkins are both on the field at the same time for the first time. Having Kyler Murray and having stock in that that Cardinals offense can be a huge boost as we head towards the playoffs. I, I agree, and I'm hoping so because in my season long, I am well, well, well overweight on Kyler. Just worked out that way. I have like almost 50% of my teams have Kyler. All right, let's. it's time for our must-trade for or must-trade segment. Curtis, who are you looking to trade for this week? You know what? I'm going to pivot. I was going to say Nico Collins, who is probably overtaken Brandon Cooks as the number one in Houston moving forward. But I'm going to make a last-minute change to Mike Williams, who is also coming off injury. And if he plays this week, the Chargers have the Chiefs, Cards, Raids, Raiders, Dolphins, Titans, Colts, Rams coming up. That is absolutely smash potential for the passing game. And the Chargers can't run the ball. This is a big play receiver. He could be a league winner if you get him on a team. I know the teams that drafted him in the third round, they're probably struggling right now. But I love the potential moving forward for Mike Williams. For me, it's uh, a dynasty trade, and it's Cooper Cup. Uh, One of, if not the best wide receivers in the NFL, check every league, see if there's a team that is close to the top with Cooper Cup and make some underwhelming offers, you know, give up enough to get them. But if you're looking to play for next year, you could throw Dallas Goddard into this call. Um, take advantage of teams that need to replace these crucial injuries. Tucker, your turn. Can I mention something there? You're totally right. Last year it was AJ Brown who was injured around this time and owners were shopping him at the end of the year on competing teams. And if you could have added AJ Brown last year, you're laughing and same goes for cup this year. Yeah, and and if 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 a regular, I would trade for Jeff Wilson. Um, I'm kind of a week behind on that. He was only 5,500 on DraftKings. I was shocked. He only came in at 12% ownership on a week on DraftKings where it was super hard to fit people. Um, I had like 35% Jeff Wilson, and I had one team after the 4 o'clock games that was in sixth place in the play action. And unfortunately, my last player, uh, it was spit out by an opta, was uh, Keelan Cole, who got one target and dropped it. So I ended up in like 250th place. But uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. played uh, 60% of the snaps. Uh, most of it's not going to go away. But maybe you get a discount on a guy who might be the number one on one of the best offenses in the league. Tucker? 
Uh, if Curtis is going to leave Nico Collins available, then I'll I'll snap him up. He had ten targets against New York. He he's someone that I think is slowly growing into a bigger role and, and growing comfortable with Davis Mills down in Houston. And Houston being one seven and one, they trail a lot. They're going to throw the ball a lot in the second half. Just eat up those garbage time points. That those all count the same when it comes to fantasy. Curtis, who are you adding and who are you dropping in our must add must drop segment? Yeah, like I said, I'm shy on the rookie running backs that have three three down workload moving forward. So I'm going to pick up Keontae Ingram and I'm dropping Cooper Cup. I don't think he's worth holding on to. I don't see a scenario where the Rams are in position contention when he's healthy. I think they just shut him down for the full year and I don't think he's worth holding on to the rest yeah. of the year. Yeah, for me, it's Christian Watson is the pickup. Um, get that bankroll out and throw it on the table. My must drop is kind of in line with your must drop, Matt Stafford. Um, he hasn't played that well this year. He's dealing with a concussion. Now he lost the guy who provided a huge amount of uh, the stats that he was getting. I think Matthew Stafford is pretty worthless going forward. Tucker. Yeah, I would add uh, Juwan Johnson, the the tight end in New Orleans. He's um, led their team in targets the last two or three weeks. He's someone that, in a world where there aren't many productive tight ends, he's just getting 40 yards a week. If you get a touchdown, then that's a, a pretty decent week. At this point in the season, I'm dropping Deion Jackson. I was pretty high on him a couple weeks ago. We had a 30-point game with Jonathan Taylor out. But with Taylor back and pretty much taking up all of the snaps, playing 94% of them last week with Zach Moss now in Indianapolis and, and being the number two guy, the way Jeff Saturday, whether or not he has any influence over that rotation is yet to be seen. But the way that backfield is going to be running now, I just don't think he's going to be a factor in that offense moving forward. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Sharp Waiver and Injury Show. Don't forget to check out the Sharp Betting Show with Ryan McChrystal, Sharp Angles with Dan Pizzuta and Rich Rebar, and Sharp Angles Fantasy with Rich Rebar and the Fantasy Expert of the Week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Warren Sharp on YouTube for his fantasy football insights, matchup previews, in-depth stats and analysis. Please hit the like button. And leave a comment if you have any questions. And that's going to do it for us for this week. We'll see you next week.